Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome once again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. Doom. There, I... I've said it. I've said it. Doom. Doom. Doom and its faithful companion, Gloom. Doom and Gloom. Doom and gloom, that foreboding feeling that here in California dare not speak its name. But I have to tell you, no amount of positive sun-drenched mindfulness can help me shake this overarching sense of impending catastrophe. Now, without, without giving away my my age. Let me just say that I come from a a generation that felt that change was inevitable and, and that inevitable change would certainly be for the good. Sure, sure, there there are a lot of drugs in, involved in, in this rosy assessment, and, and with any kind of inebriate, there comes no small measure of self-deception. But even in our most adult state, we never would have imagined that one had to, I don't know, argue that the, say, the polio vaccine wasn't part of some Illuminati conspiracy or that if you if you if you covered your mouth when you sneezed it, it wasn't necessarily a telltale sign of communist anarchist sympathies now don't get me wrong we were we were dumb back then but but not that dumb i mean yes we innocently assumed back then We innocently assumed that greed was bad and love was good and all roads inevitably led to William Blake and Carlos Santana at Woodstock. But now, in this dystopian 21st century, the century, we are rather grateful that our parents didn't live to see the 21st century where the primacy of social media as the ultimate arbiter of societal worth is simply a, a given. I mean, I mean, face it, we are stuck, we are trapped, we are serfs, we've abdicated our sense of reason, suffering, silently powerless in the age of the personal brand. Have you heard of this thing? The the personal brand? Let me explain it to you. The personal brand is where people willfully submit the sum of all their strivings to a pithy paraphrase. What, What used to be referred to as the elevator pitch has now been distilled into the elevator pitch that needs to be delivered between the lobby and the basement. And there seems to be just a few limited types of these human trademarks. There's the the steam 
punk nerd. There's the ageless, positive-thinking mom with the perfect skin. There's the activist with great hair. There's the angry vegan. But the one personal brand that continues to intrigue me, and I deliberately say intrigue me, intrigue me because out of both resignation and self-preservation, I have placed a personal moratorium on outrage. I just can't, I just can't take it any longer. For me, it's become a health issue. Anyway, the, 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 the personal brand that I'm talking about, and, and by the way, if you had asked me just two years ago about this, I would have answered you with a, with a deranged Jeremiah, but now, now, now it simply feeds my idle curiosity. Now, the personal brand that, that used to bug me the most, but now merely arouses a detached bemusement, is that of the, of the thought leader. Now, thought leaders, it, it should be noted, are like, I don't know, the middle management of perception and cognition. They're not in any way to be confused with the now extinct public intellectual. No, public intellectuals lost their leadership position quite a long time ago. I mean, how can you lead if no one is ready to follow you? And really, for our contemporary sensibilities, a public intellectual is about as sexy as, as Tweed. Now, to be considered a thought leader, you have to, you have to be several things, but above all else, a thought leader has to be accessible say like um i don't know like uh like oprah or uh, i don't know uh, or or deepak or 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 or, or tupac or or, or 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 the guy who made all that money compiling a list of the seven coolest habits of olympic luge racers see these days in order to lead in order to be a leader you have to be intelligible and to be intelligible, you have to be clever. But, but not too clever. And, and what's most important is that you have to be both telegenic and aphoristic. So let's be clear. Say, take, I don't know, take, um, take Nietzsche. Strong on the aphorisms, but weak on looks. Or, I don't know, let me see, let's take, I don't know, take the, take, take the Kardashian lady. Very strong on looks, but really quite dreadful on the literary requirement. You have to be that perfect combination, say like, I don't know, like, 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 like Taylor Swift or, or, or Bernie Sanders. That's thought leadership, quotable, likable and not terribly complex. Now, as far as intellectuals are concerned, first of all, they're too wordy. Secondly, they rarely reach any concrete, actionable conclusions. They're always offering up ambiguities, always bringing up extra stuff like, like I don't know, like, like, uh, like literature or, or worse, philosophy. I mean, nobody can relate to that. On the one hand, this, on the other hand, that. And to clarify my point, let's recall the famous words of William James. Now, look, I hate to break it to you, 
but it's 2020 and nobody knows who the hell William James was. Jesse James, yes, but William James, no. But if somebody said something like, I don't know, somebody said uh, in the remarkable and prescient words of Demi Lovato, or, or maybe if you began a commencement address with something like, to quote the amazing Nicki Minaj, well, then you'll get some attention. Then you'll get some credibility. <laughs> William James, really. And of course, I don't have to remind you. I don't have to remind you who today's greatest thought leader is. Today's greatest thought leader, that, 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 that true master of this new medium, the most skillful practitioner of the short form of persuasion, the greatest, most effective, most influential thought leader of our day, the one who checks all the boxes, the one who so perfectly aligns a carefully curated fashion sense, an unmistakable physical look, and an unparalleled ability to manipulate all of the social print and television media, the, the greatest, truest reflection of our times and the most logical outgrowth of our infatuation with gaudy, empty flamboyance is none other than that unpolished schlemiel from Queens who for now has his slippery patent leather dress shoes perched upon the polished oak of the Resolute Desk. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not here lamenting the loss of the pointy-headed know-it-all, the, di the diminished prestige of the over-educated, multi-syllabic, trilingual, professional elite is not something I am losing any sleep over. I mean, let's face it, lowering the intellectual bar within the public discourse has been a terrific boon to someone like me. I mean, I mean, I openly admit it. I have nothing to say. I admit it. I openly admit it. I have nothing to say. And I insist on saying it regularly on this podcast over and over again. I mean, look, if Susan Sontag or, say, Lionel Trilling or Saul Bellow or Hannah Arendt were still around today, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, there would be absolutely no room for the likes of Timmy Black and the lives of contemporary artists. <laughs>